Welcome back to another episode of Talking BS. We had a really fun and at sometimes very serious and at sometimes funny, all of the emotions. We had a really great conversation with Ryan Best just now. So pretty excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Triathlete who taught us how to persevere through not only triathlons, but life in general and its ups and downs. It is a emotional roller coaster of a, of a couple hours here. It was a fantastic conversation and I'm so glad we were able to get him on and start talking about some of these things. It did not disappoint. It definitely exceeded my expectations. I, um, met Ryan a couple of years ago. Oh my gosh, like 10 years ago now. But, um, we want, we knew we wanted to talk about mental toughness, perseverance, and, uh, those themes really, really came out overcoming adversity. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good one. Uh, I hope you're ready to laugh. I hope you're ready to cry. Uh, you know, maybe pee on yourself. It'll make maybe sense poop on yourself. It'll make sense. La- it'll make sense later. Um, but, uh, if you need some, some daily motivation, this is it right here. So hope you guys enjoyed this, the episode 33 with Ryan Best. Tree, tree. Welcome to another episode of Talking BS. This week wow. we are joined by special guest Ryan Best from outside of Atlanta. Where, where in Georgia are you? I currently live in Decatur right now. Decatur. That's about where is greater. Yeah. Decatur, where is greater? So there it is. Uh, so Ryan, Ryan is coming to us from Decatur, Georgia. Our paths crossed uh, pretty rec- pretty pretty shortly after I moved to Nashville, and uh, I, I just always thought Ryan had a great sense of purpose, um, you know, mental toughness, physical toughness. We're going to go into all of it. Um, very excited to, you know, I I know a good bit about you, but I think there's a lot of gaps that I would like to fill in and and get to know you a little bit better. So we're super excited to have you here. Uh, have you listened to any of our episodes yet? Um, I have not. Um, I did follow you guys on Spotify and on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, but I, I don't know if I've listened to a full episode. Well, we we typically it's start really cocky of us to just assume yeah, to just that assume that people have here, right. Just, everybody listens. We're to definitely us. We're, everybody listens. We're, we're not a big deal. So <laughs> what we always do is before we get into the meat of the episode, we always ask some icebreaker questions. So um, okay. we've, we've got a couple for you from some people that I think you know. Anyways, Josh uh, is a regu- <laughs> regular. Re- Josh is a regular listener of ours, but uh, he asks you, "What is your favorite sport to watch, and what is your favorite sport to play, or was your favorite sport to play?" Uh, favorite sport to watch is football, hands down. Uh, favorite sport to pro? play, uh, pro. What's your team? Um, right, who's, who's your team? Yep. Now you got who's the team? Right, we got we got this rabbit hole. Okay, we open okay, up. Man, can um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for who yeah, you are. We appreciate that. Oh yeah, you can. I can. Can I curse? <laughs> I was gonna say you can go. 
So, <laughs> well, uh, um, we have editing capabilities. <laughs> okay. Eat shit. What's going to happen? Uh, Are y'all going yeah, no, to resign Gurley? What's going to happen with that? I mean, y'all are going to lose everybody this offseason. We're a mess right now. Uh, we're just barely hanging on. We're calling Vic. <laughs> thank, thank, <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for Julio. Appreciate that. We we gave you a we gave you a head coach and you gave us Julio Jones. So that, you know, there we go. Um, right. That was that was definitely uh, that was that was horrible. So our, our old boy Tyler, um, our old boy Tyler King writes in as well. Uh, who you worked with briefly. We all did together at the same time. But he said, "Is Xavier Hawkins alive? Yeah. And have you heard from him?" Do you remember X? Um, I, I do. I lived with him for, gosh, it was two years, I oh. think. Um, last I heard, uh, he uh, fled the country and joined like a militia in Africa somewhere and is uh, slaying bodies. That's the latest Who, update. What? So. There, there are so, so many follow-up questions I have for that. What? Who no, is I'm guy? totally joking. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that sounds some, like something he no, would do, right? That tracks. <laughs> He's, uh, that tracks. Because uh, last night that Van didn't react at all. So no. Like you saying that like told me everything I needed to know about. This I was guy. like, he is capable. It's possible. He was a very intense individual. Yeah. Last thing I heard, he moved to Texas, right, or back to Texas. Yes. Okay. Well, he moved to like some random place in Texas, and that's the last me and Greg ever got a hold of him. Like I, I texted him right before I was originally supposed to go to sniper school, I think. And he was like, word, that's so cool. And I was like, so what are you up to? Left on red. Oh no. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. Well, the, the best, but, ice, the best icebreaker that I, uh, I had as a surprise, your brother actually reached out to us. Murray. Is it Murray? Oh no. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. your brother Murray is the older brother, younger brother? Older. Older brother. brother. <laughs> he, he writes in and he says, "At this point in your life, um, can I ask him if do you prefer Jinko jeans with pocket chains or Jinko jeans with flaming skulls embroidered on the pockets?" <laughs> I'm assuming oh there. Oh my I'm, god. <laughs> I'm assuming there is a story there. <sighs> yeah. So, <laughs> elementary school, middle school, I was all about the Jinko jeans with the flaming skulls and the demon clowns or whatever because i thought it was cool that's awesome (laughs) hey look we all we all had our thing we all had our thing i had the hair Corey, you had basketball shorts forever yeah basketball shorts as as low as they will go like basketball short the bottoms went down below your calves i'm pretty sure at times um (laughs) so Okay, obviously you, you're competing in triathlons these days. That's kind of what spurred me yes. reaching out to you and being like, "Hey, would you come on our podcast and talk about that?" But before we get into that topic, I, I want some some background from you. So, where are you from originally? You're are you from Georgia originally? I am from Georgia. Uh, I was born in Tucker, Georgia, which is not terribly far from where I'm at right now. Uh, I lived in Mathonia for. A few years, uh, went to Bowie Elementary uh, for anyone who lives in the Atlanta area who's listening will know where that is. Uh, (laughs) Yep. I know where that is. Oh, you do? My junior year. Okay. My junior year, I lived out in Gainesville out on Lake Lanier. Uh, We went to Lakeview Academy, played ball uh, for uh, Coach Vining out there my junior year before moving back to Bama. 
Oh, I'm right well on, versed. man. Solid. Well versed. Well, uh, went to Bowie and then moved to Conyers, Georgia. Um, they're in like third grade. And then, yeah, stayed there until uh, high school. After I left there, moved to uh, Tennessee. And that was a that was a done deal, man. That's it. So, brothers and sisters, we obviously know you have your one bro- your one older brother, Murray. He's the one. Appreciate you reaching out, Murray. That was great. Always great. Always great to have some. I try to re- I try to reach out to like wives, siblings, for good stories. For that, that was I did, wasn't even appreciated. Much appreciated. <laughs> I'm going to fight him after this. <laughs> any, any other, do, you, do you have another brother or was it a sister? No, I have a, I have a younger brother and I have a stepbrother, okay. uh, Jordan. Cool. Um, so all boys, competitive, all nature, boys. competitive nature growing up, I'm assuming. Come on. We're, we absolutely both, we, oh, both, yes. we both had two brothers same deal <laughs> yep. um all right so so we you and i meet in nashville circa 2014 yes. or so 15 something like that i think so yeah it was there. around that time yeah uh-huh. um don't want to go into that too much because big surprise we we work in hospital we worked in hospitality so we've we've taught we've covered that where i'm not even we're not even going into there but around that time i remember you were prepping for sniper school were you in the reserves? Were you where were you at it? Because that that's kind of where I'm filling the gaps for me. Yeah, yeah. So around the time we met, um, so my whole military career was in reserves, uh, fortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> but um, we met around the time where I was kind of in my, I guess you could say, prime for being a pig and a pig is the technical term is professionally instructed gunman. And that is, um, basically a Marine that made it into the sniper platoon, but hasn't gone to sniper school yet. So I was in that phase, but I pretty much learned all the stuff I needed to learn. And I was just ready to get kicked out, uh, (laughs) not kicked out, but (laughs) pushed out the sniper school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember, I remember seeing your Facebook. I think that was the first thing. Like when you added me on Facebook, I was like, "Oh, this this guy's badass. <laughs> He's a lot cooler <laughs> than me." All of the gear, you know, the sniper <laughs> rifle and everything. And I'm like, "Oh, oh wow. He's this this guy's serious." Yeah, yeah. Definitely some of the best, and um, at the time, some of the worst times <laughs> of my life. Uh, the training is uh, it can be pretty intense, man. I remember you. I remember you telling me about that because I think you had to go out for a couple weeks at a time every couple months to do training. Was that where you were at at the time? Yeah, yeah, we did annual training. Uh, that is a two-week uh, training cycle that reservists do once a year, and uh, yeah, that that training was pretty intense. Also, uh, not the hardest thing you'll like ever do. It's just long and hot, and you're tired, and you're hungry, and you're crawling around where, getting eaten up by bugs and all that did, stuff where did you go for that uh we went to california 29 palms uh from 180 and um i forget the name of the place but it's up in wisconsin we would usually go up there just because our unit could i guess afford <laughs> that gotcha yeah yeah um but yeah so then after you after our paths kind of divert a little bit. You go, you end up in St. Louis. Uh, how long you were there yeah. for in there for a couple of years? Yeah, I was in St. Louis for four years. 
And uh, yep. also, I know that you recently got engaged. So congratulations. Got a wedding coming Thank up. Thank you. Um, awesome. Wedding coming yep. up. We're excited to come check that out and hang out with you guys. Did you meet, it's Taylor. Did you meet her in St. Louis? Is that when? Is that where you met? I did, yeah. That was, uh, I met her right after I got back from recon school. Um, it was a couple we met in person, I'd say probably a week or two after I got back. It's pretty quick. Um, and before I left for recon school, just to give you an idea, recon school is uh, four months. And I had messaged her on a dating app, wink, wink, uh, before yeah, yeah. I had left. Which one? Which, <laughs> hey, which dating app? Uh, that's classified. It's not. I, I, I met my wife on Tinder. <laughs> hey, I met my wife on Tinder, so... It's not classified. Okay. Come on, bring it, it on. It's Tinder? <laughs> hey, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Bringing people it together. Tinder running. I think Bringing this is where we're supposed, to yeah. say, we're supposed to say no free shout outs at this point. But um, yeah, all, right, all, so, <laughs> all right. So you were saying you meet her, you, you message her on Tinder, and then four months later, you come back in peak shape from recon school. Boom. And it happened? Yeah. Peak shape being 120 pounds and. <laughs> malnutrition. Yeah. Oh gosh. Malnourished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came back from but I can run fast like and sell though. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. For so I've, but, I've talked about some of my time in the military. Can you explain uh, to some of the people who probably don't understand or maybe just aren't familiar with it the difference between like a sniper school and recon school and what kind of the differences are there? Oh man, that is a. Uh, <laughs> I have to. To answer that very carefully. Um, yep. <laughs> um, so I actually, I have not been to sniper school. Um, my whole time in, uh, when I was with the sniper platoon was basically being the best pig I can be, but they do introduce you to a lot of the things that you will, uh, be going through while at school. And, uh, we have a, a pretty good grasp of the difficulty level. I mean, obviously, you have to live it and go through it to really understand. But um, I did go through reconnaissance uh, school, BRC, and I can tell you firsthand, it is the one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and I will never forget it. Um, it is longer than sniper school. Uh, I will say that sniper school is way more academic. You do have to be mentally tough and willing to, um, I guess, endure a lot of the hardship that comes with it. But they utilize a lot more of your brain uh, because there is a lot of calculations, a lot of math, um, a lot of things uh, or a lot of times we have to think you use your brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas recon school, think about that. Lot, yeah. lot of, a lot of physics involved yeah. there, I would assume. You know what I'm saying? People do not think about Traje- yes. Trajectory, distances, calculating, wind, variables. That's all, you know, just from my time watching movies, right. that's what I'm thinking about. That's, that's, <laughs> you, got, you got movies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, you know, the thing about that, too, is sometimes you don't have the luxury to sit down and say, okay, it's that far away. You know, here's how I'm going to dial it in. Sometimes you got seconds to react and you have to, you know, you always fall back to your lowest level of chaining, right? So you'll have to have seconds to, you know, think of those calculations and take a shot. Um, 
under stress and they train you for that. You know, you, you go through it, but it's, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, and then, for uh, sure, sure. like I was saying with recon school, it's not, I don't want to say it like it's not academic and you don't have to think, but it, a lot of it is just enduring and how far can I go when I'm at my absolute worst and I'm almost on the verge of dying for some people. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Is yeah. that kind of mindset and that kind of stuff what initially maybe attracted you to kind of triathlons? Is that how that whole kind of transition and mindset really started? Or is that something you just kind of utilize now? Cause it's like, Hey, I know where my mental fortitude really is and where that breaking point has kind of gotten me. Yeah. Uh, 100% the, the second thing it, I use it as a tool to help me get through some of the harder um, training sessions I have for this sport and to get me through a lot of the tougher races that I have done slash will do. Um, it's just carrying that momentum uh, into this sport from that training. That's really helped me a lot, but it wasn't like, you know, if I do recon school, I'm, you know, gonna do triathlons or that you know it doesn't really stand out too much for going through that but you know some people do it some people don't uh in that community but yeah so that question really brings us into (laughs) the meat of the topic today um you know triathlons so that's i see it all over your facebook you're posting everywhere it seems like a really intense uh activity or hobby or and or professional pursuit um, but let's start with the basics. Our friend Daniel Erickson from Sweden writes in and says, how did you actually get into triathlons? So obviously we laid the foundation, brothers growing up, competitive spirit, into sports, military. Is that what drew you in? Was it something else? Was there, did you, did a buddy bring you in? What, you know, was there a backstory there? Um, that's a really good question. I saw the sport early on. I think it was about 2015 and this was during the time I was with snipers. And, um, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do one. And my boss at the time was, uh, he, he did one, you know, Phil. Yes. (laughs) Phil Heath. Um, he had done one and was like, you know, you should try it out. I think you'd be good. So I was like, okay. So I went down the street and I got, the bike that I currently have, but I, I walked into um, it's like Mike's bike shop or something like that. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm trying to do a triathlon. I just need something that's going to, you know, make me somewhat competitive, but I don't want to pay $10,000. <laughs> so Ooh. they were like, okay, here's what we got. And uh, it was a $900 Fuji sportive that was, one size too small for me. And I didn't know it at the time, <laughs> that's, that's important. That sounds problematic. Um, but it, it totally is. And um, my mom was with me at the time. She was coming to visit. And I told her how badly I wanted to do this triathlon. And she was like, uh, you know what? I'll buy it for you. And I was like, hey, really? <laughs> wow. Thank I love you, you mom. Um, <laughs> what are moms for? Yeah. Shout outs to moms, man, for real. (laughs) Um, So I got the bike and um, I was driving it down the street or, uh, yeah, pedaling it down the street. 
uh, trying to refigure out how to ride bicycles because I hadn't ridden one in so many years. Oh, come on. They say <laughs> the, something the, you never forget. The saying right? it's like yeah. riding a bike is because you never forget. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> Oh, screw People that! Forget. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost fell off on the way back to the chase, uh, the hotel I was working That's at. That's funny. Time. But uh, <laughs> just to, for any listeners that know bikes, uh, listen to this part. So I make it to the race, and I have no bike shoes. I have no cleats, no clip-ins. None of that. I have basic bike straps. Um, I'm wearing my swimming jammers for the swim. And I throw on, I think I was just wearing a shirt for the bike. And I thought I was like hot stuff. I was like, man, <laughs> I'm all about this. I'm about to win this thing, man. Let's go. Um, so we started with the swim. Swim was horrible. I get out. I get on the bike bike was so painful and i was just like you know what i love it <laughs> you know, just so i love ignorant the to it you're right right i want more um and then made it to the run actually did pretty good on the run so we got to the to the end of the race and uh i was with phil at um at the finish and he was like, you know, you did pretty good, man. Let's go look at the times. I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to drink, man. I <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, I stuck around to listen to the results to see who got first. And then we got into age groups after the overall. They were like, first place, Nick, whomever. And I was like, that's cool. Second place, Ryan Best. I was like, <laughs> Whoa. what Yo, in the world? Hey. <laughs> Yo. You finished, With my happy bike. You finished second <laughs> your first one. After probably not doing right, really age specific training. Well, that's uh, yo, that's, that's insane, dude. That's insane. That's a wild. So, hey, hey, this is your first chime time. I don't know if I told time. you about this. Corey has the grandfather <laughs> clock that goes off every 30 minutes. So welcome to your first chime yep. time. Take a sip of water or whatever you have that you need to drink. Well, that is a, that is a hell of an origin story right there. Second place in your first, sure. first yep. triathlon. That's pretty awesome. Yes. But, uh, you, you bring up a good point and I, I was very curious about like just the business of triathlons. Hold on. I want to, I want to ask a more basic question before we get into that stuff, just because of my naivete. All right. Break can it you, off. Can Corey. You break down what all kind of go, what, 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 Distance, what goes into a triathlon? What are the three things? What, Corey, what do you what think the it? what do you think the next section title layout with? is? I don't read the outline. <laughs> I already went over this. I don't read the outline. I want I want the basics from the beginning. All right, go ahead. Basics. <laughs> All right. So um, the question is, what are the distances for triathlon? Yeah. So you have four uh, four main ones. You have your sprint, you have your Olympic, you have your half Ironman. For sprint, you have a 500-meter uh, swim, and I believe it's a 15-mile bike, and a uh, five, 5K, so a three-mile run. And then uh, cool. you have a Olympic, which is close to 1,000 meters, and then a like 20-ish-mile bike, and then a five-mile run. And you have Ironman which is uh, a mile and some change, swim, a 56-mile bike, and a half marathon. And then you have the full one, which is like a two-mile and some change swim, 
uh, I believe it's a 116 mile bike um, yeah. and a full marathon. Yep. That is wild. <laughs> that is wild. I didn't yeah. realize there was like that many levels too. Like I thought it was just like all like, you know, it's three phases. You swim, you know, 500 meters, whatever it is, run a 5k, you know, that I, I thought it was all the same thing. I didn't know there was like that many levels. That is wild. That is wild. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I guess that, that kind of sure. brings it, that kind of brings it into the business side of it though. Like, is that all in one place? Is that, so do you compete, you know, just in Atlanta? I mean, do you have to travel a lot? Like what, what is, how does that side of it work? Well, um, that's kind of the fun thing about it. You know, you get to pick where you want to race and depending on how serious you are, um, say you're kind of casual competitive like me, there's a, a, a wide array of races you can choose from that you can do and you don't have to be as selective. Now, if you are super competitive and you're trying to be a pro, which is also kind of like me too, there's certain races that you have to do to qualify for um, okay. to either obtain your pro card or retain it. Um, so for me, I'm just kind of doing whatever's out there for now because uh, this is my first truly competitive year uh so i'm just trying to work out the cobwebs and get all my um i, I guess my best practices down and stuff like that and uh yeah you can travel anywhere if you if you can afford it <laughs> you know yeah for sure if you got the money you can go to california and do one knock one out and come right back but uh there's a lot locally that you can do um georgia is a great place to to be able to do triathlons because we offer everything. We have the ocean, we have a ton of lakes, we have flatlands, we have elevation, you know, you name it, we got it. We got the heat, we got the cold. <laughs> yeah, so man, it's, a, it's a huge triathlon. So for, yeah, for that, you know, you talked about like the, how expensive I guess it could be. I mean, if you're going from like an amateur to professional status, is there, I mean, is there some good money that you can make in this? How does that work? Is it, is it all sponsors, um, is it prize money? I guess, like, how, 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 what's the business side <laughs> of that? Um, man, this is a tough one. And I'm not that high up there yet to fully know how that works 100%. But from where I'm at and what I see, there's really not much financial gain from doing this, which kind of okay. sucks <laughs> to be hey, as honest you love as it, I You can. love it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, this is like with any hobby. There's, it's going to cost you, but this is just one of those things where the cost is, <laughs> you know, it could be a couple hundred for some equipment or it could be a couple of thousand or, you know, for, for a good example, for the bike, you can pay for speed. Um, you can be, you know, day two training wheels on a bike. You get yourself a good $15,000 bike. And you're going to be up there, you know, top 10 probably <laughs> going into fair versus unfair. I mean, it is what it is, but it just makes me train that much harder, you know? So this, this brings up a good point. Um, this brings up a good question. Um, Tyler King wrote in and he said, what is the best bike? He said, your new one looks badass." So there's a, there's a little compliment is, there from uh, Tyler King. Also, you, can you t tell us the backstory and how you got this new bike as well? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'll touch on that first, how I um, how I stumbled upon this bike. So, 
just in case you two are wondering, or any listeners out there that's wondering, outside of going to Walmart and getting a bike there, you're going to be on a huge waiting list to get a bike. We're talking months to maybe even a year before you can get like a road bike or especially a triathlon bike. Um, so that being said, rewind, shoot, January of this year. I, I was still fresh with my coach and I was training hard on my bike. And again, I was thinking I was this, you know, hot stuff. There was, there was one day I took my road bike out. I was going to Stone Mountain and I was pedaling hard. Uh, like I was shredding it. I was grinding and I, I thought I was going so fast. And then this, this older gentleman comes flying right behind me, effortless. Making it look easy. Like, holding, like I was making <laughs> it look left. like cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the way, loser. Uh, and he was just like effortless. And I saw his bike and, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what type of bike it was, but I knew it was better than mine. And I was just like, man, no matter how hard I pedal, I'm not going to catch up. <laughs> so I go back to my coach and like, hey, uh, what do I need to do? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, at a certain point, especially with your bike, you're going to cap out with uh, with the with basically how fast you're going. So you should probably get a TT bike <laughs> pretty soon. <laughs> so I was like, OK, Roger that. Uh, so then I started looking and uh, was trying to find ways to save up and all this other stuff, <laughs> which that's the other thing. You have to take cost into consideration also. So I knew it was going to be some time and some saving before I could get one. So fast forward a little bit to a couple months ago, uh, I just uh, was I was prepping for my upcoming race. Again, ran into that same scenario where I'm pedaling, I'm pedaling, and I'm seeing all these people pass me. So I was like, I had enough. <laughs> I'm tired of people passing me. So I go to a bike shop and I asked them, like, hey, I have a race coming up. How soon can I get a bike? And they were like, you can get it soon if you go to Walmart and buy one there. But otherwise, <laughs> you're going to have to wait some time to get one. And I was like, well, can I get one before my race in a couple of weeks? And they're like, no. Uh, so slightly devastated, but still pressed on. Uh, I did my, uh, I did my race, uh, got my butt kicked a little bit, but still came first in age group. Oh uh, yeah. I so got my butt kicked, awesome. but I came in first. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, so then I contacted my coach again and was like, uh, okay, I got to do something. I can't go into this next race with this bike. And he was like, well, there's this place. Transfer me to this uh, bike shop in uh, Roswell, Georgia. And they were able to get me one in a couple weeks just because the manufacturing company is based out of, I believe, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. There you um, go. Or something like that. I, I could be wrong. If um, not, but it anyway, is Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, by the by, they were able to get me one for uh, a couple weeks' time. Nice. Um, like, Let's do it. Yeah, and, and then and then more importantly, you not more importantly, but I saw that you kind of crowdsourced it. Was it GoFundMe or something? Yeah, yeah. And um, I was skeptical at first because yeah. I was like, I can't ask for money. <laughs> and pride. My, it's tough, but 
this is what the world is made of. People want to do good things for other people. And that, that's a large reason why we're doing what we're doing right now is to give perspective, to try to pump some positivity into the world. We've talked about that a good bit on here, but, oh, yeah. um, so it, how long did it take to, to raise the money? Cause it wasn't very long, was it? No, not at all. I thought it was going to be like, you know, uh, 2022 vision, man. It's going to be a while. Um, but it almost, it almost brought me to tears a little bit, man. I, uh, so my fiance, Taylor, she actually convinced me to do it. And she basically this, said the same thing that you two were doing. It was like, Brian, people love you and they want you to do well. And they will donate. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's, it's true. People, people, yeah. people want, to, uh, want to help the hero out in the story, right? You know, so. Right, You like right. to think people are good at heart. You like right. to think it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's For the awesome. most part. So you got to no, see that. Awesome. You got to see that firsthand. How, how long was it, though? Seriously, was it a week, two weeks? Oh, man. Um, so once I put it together, within the first day, I was maybe a quarter there. That's not, that's <laughs> wow. not half bad. Not bad at all. Was not expecting it. Um, awesome. But all in all, gosh, um, three weeks. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not bad. And then you just had to wait six months for the bike to show up, apparently. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so you, you kind of already covered this, but did you ever actually use a mountain bike? Because one of our listeners, Daniel Morales, said, uh, do, you, do you need a special bike or could I just start off with a regular mountain bike? And I would assume your answer is going to be like, you could, but that's going to hurt. That's, uh, that's what I'm <laughs> guessing. You could, but it's going to hurt like hell. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, okay. Don't use a mountain bike for a triathlon. You can, but it'd be very foolish of you. <laughs> Pain? Just what, like, you were talking about the, the footholds and stuff. Well, so you have to have, obviously, there's special straps where you're, like, strapped in specifically. Right, right. Which they do have for mountain bikes, but we're talking aerodynamics. Gotcha. That bike is not oh, designed okay. for aerodynamics whatsoever <laughs> so. Did you ever get hurt like i don't know that i don't I, know that's what i was th yeah, i was thinking we're like talking about physical stuff a little bit later but scraped yeah, your you legs really hurt? or anything <laughs> like do it like if you're not strapped in you you like slip or like is it because you're you just got got done swimming right yeah um it happens and when it happens you got to troubleshoot like if you uh if you get out the water and you're hopping on the bike and you trip and fall roger that get back up <laughs> you know <laughs> hey, unless your bike is, is completely trashed which it shouldn't but if it is then hey it's whatever but more than likely it's not so get up get on your bike and keep going <laughs> the the uh, like theme, the theme of this pod and sounds like triathlons is persevere survive for sure Just, <laughs> hey yeah. take your licks and keep on going <laughs> so right dude, um you gotta do dang man yeah man uh, all right oh. so we had a we had a little three-part question here from a couple different people but Tyler King again asks, he says, as a former athlete or someone that was just athletic, what is like the best of the three phases that, that you could do as a non like competitor to like get your cardio back up? So is swimming, running or biking the best for cardio? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. So what is the best of the three to get like an average Joe? If I'm trying to get back in say, cardio right now, what do I need to go do? I want to say all of them. Um, <laughs> but you're a beast. Don't be lazy. Run, you can't do all of them. You're not. You're a beast, though. You're also a best <laughs> as well. By the way, so I'm I wanted to make that. Yeah, joke. Go ahead. I was going to make that. Yeah. Joke. So how? So you know, if you don't come in first, how many jokes are there? Because you you have a big name to live up to. You have to be the best, yep. right? 
Two, well, two things at every race. <laughs> I figured one, one of us would do it. <laughs> there's, there's two things at every race that always happens. One, and it's from things people say or you overhear. The first one is something about me being the only black guy out there. <laughs> Usually, yeah. never All fails. right. And the second thing is whenever I go to check-in and I tell them my name, they're, it's always like, oh, are you the best of the best? Or, oh, you must be the one who's going to win first place today. And I'm like, I'm oh, you know, being awesome. nice and cordial. I'm like, oh, haven't heard that one. Van, Van, the, Van the Man. <laughs> so original. Van the Man was a tough one because it was like I had to live up to being the man. I'm like, I don't, maybe I don't want to be the man in this single scenario, but you have to always be the best. So Right. Um, we're going to, we're going to touch on the other one in just a second here, but, uh, all right. So if you had to, you know, if you had to choose though, give, give Tyler advice. Is he, is he going to bike, swim or run? You, you got to run, man. Um, the reason I say that is because with swimming, especially when you start to grasp the, uh, immersion swimming technique, which if you don't know, look it up after this, but it's basically like effortless swimming. You can still go fast, but not use a lot of energy and work on your cardio, which ah, I guess is a hindrance yeah. to building your cardio. On the bike, again, you pay for speed. So if you want to keep up but not do all the work, go out and get yourself a $10,000 bike. You can't buy speed on your legs. <laughs> That's And you can't smart. really coast on your legs either. You can, but you can't, you know. So I, I hands down running. I think that kind of <laughs> answers think the about next question we have too. I mean, dude, that's really smart advice though. I think that, so Daniel wrote in, goes, uh, Daniel Erickson, what is that of uh, the three phases of a triathlon? Which one's the most important to be best at? And kind of based on your answer there, it sounds like you better be the best at being able to run because you can kind of coast to the other ones. That's, yeah, do you yeah. think that's, I guess with that in mind, is that, I guess because I was trying to think of and rewording it a little bit would be is that is that where you really can pull away and I guess it is because there's no different kind of advantage right I mean is that is that really where you can separate yourself yeah man and I would say I would say this swimming doesn't really mean much (laughs) Uh, contrary to a lot of popular belief people think that they have to do the best at swimming when you don't and you know that's that's just how it is. Now, if you get out the water first, that's great. But unless you're like a pro swimmer, a lot of people will use or expend too much energy during the swim so they can be first and then have no gas left in the tank when they get on the bike or go run. So and I'm gonna, they, I'm gonna go ahead and rule out swimming. That's, um, I like that. Yeah. Smart. For the I'm gonna ask a dumb bike. question. Are they always in the same order? Is it always like it swim bike run? Is it it's always that order? Typically, yes. There are some okay. races like fun triathlons that switch it up just to you know make it interesting, but usually it's swim bike run. Is that because they don't want anybody to drown at the end of being exhausted? Is that <laughs> what it is? Smart. I didn't think of that. Um, smart. <laughs> that would make sense, yeah. <laughs> actually I actually don't know why it's in that order, but that that is the most logical thing. <laughs> so Cody, Cody B, this is another, this is probably, you've probably already answered this. So if you want to skip it, that's fine. But he just said, which of the three phases is the hardest to train for? The bike, because when you look at it, when you look at it from a, um, I guess the mechanics of the human body, we are designed to stand upright 
and to walk and to run. We also have the mechanics to swim and be fluid. What we don't have is being crouched over for two hours, pedaling like a madman <laughs> up and down hills. So, so, so that wasn't a dumb question. I'm sorry. After those, I thought you were going to say running or something, but you're correct. They don't, nobody ever looks comfortable riding a bike. Like real, like, no, you know, <laughs> you get used to it. It doesn't really get easier. You just complain less. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So I, 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 listen, I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn here, but I, I got a, I got a bike in the garage, you know, but it's a stationary bike. It's usually my, that's my morning kind of get up my cardio. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can tell you, especially if I don't do it for a while and I started again, it hurts my butt so much. I don't know. Like, dude, that's oof. I, I can't imagine. You said it's what, 13 miles? Is that what you said? It's pretty standard? For the bike or for the run? The bike. For the bike. Well, for my distance, it's 56 miles. Did you say Never 56? Mind. I don't want to play this game. I don't want to play this Five, game anymore. Six. I don't want to, I don't want to play this now, game. Now, are you, okay, so, nope. technique wise, are you on the seat the whole time? Or are you doing that stand thing where you're kind of like, you're on the seat. I am pretty much in the saddle the entire time, unless oh. I need to uh, let my nuggets breathe a little <laughs> bit. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 90, 95% of the bike leg should be in the saddle, unless you have like crazy elevation and you need to stand up. But um, I try and stay miles? as much as possible to conserve. Is that okay? And you do that, you do that, you said two hours. Roughly. What's the time yeah. for 56? No, no, no. Um, I, I think no. I got so you're uh, averaging I mean, 23 miles an hour. It's pretty, geez. let's see. Um, I'll be able to tell you exactly what I came in at, but I, I think I was like 230 or something like that. Let me probably so I do my 30 minutes up. and I get in um, 8.9 miles. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, I came in three hours and two minutes, Still. which is actually kind of slow. Still. Um, it's disgraceful. It's just a disgrace. I don't know how you live <laughs> with yourself. Good God. Dude, that's insane. That's crazy. It's I fun. hurt just oh thinking God. about it. I'm not even trying to be humble. That's like, it's so not. <laughs> <laughs> well, to two I'm guys who have no idea, it sounds great. I'm average. There's guys out there that can do like 23, 25. Wow. But I'll say this. This was on my old bike. So on my new bike, so I'm gonna be holding that twenty four. Is it lighter? Is it what are the features of this new bike that you're that are this gonna make you better? More aerodynamic, oh. lighter, the whole deal, or what's what's up? It's lighter, it's more aerodynamic, it has a lot of components in there that make it just more convenient. This is gosh, this is one of those bikes where every piece of it has a thought behind it and has a conscious, you know what I mean? So when going into like wind and taking into account your body and your weight and how that contributes to the bike, plus all the factors like wind, it's everything is just structured to make you go as quickly as possible and cutting as much wind as possible. It's, man, it's incredible. But yeah, there's so much that goes into it. (laughs) That's wild. Um, Yeah, man couple last questions here in this section but uh cody b writes in and says did you have any crazy encounters with wildlife while swimming or i guess while biking or i guess while running i mean depending on where you're at like bears sharks alligators i don't know where you're at i don't know where you're at 
Big fish. Um, <laughs> for uh, kayakers. Well, <laughs> it's all like I've had random encounters separately. Like I would be doing a run or a bike or a whatever and <laughs> get caught around wildlife. I stumbled upon a coyote once when I was running. Uh, on the That's bike, cool. I had to kick a dog. Sorry for those. Oh, oh man, no, dude, now you get PETA involved me. with us. Oh, <laughs> but man. we're thinking. We're thi- here. You already called out Michael Vick earlier too. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? But you're everybody at home's imagining Wilder. This was probably a really big dog that was chasing him or trying to nip at his heels or something. Right? Right? Come on, absolutely. Brian. Nod and say no, yes. 100%. Nod and say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Foaming no, at the it mouth. It was. I was out in Cartersville and some dog. Phil was out there with me. He can vouch. Sorry, okay. Phil. Chasing me, trying to nip my ankle, and it was it tore some skin. And I was like, "Okay, it's either me or the dog." All right. It definitely wasn't me. Once there's a <laughs> once there's a bite and skin's broken, I mean, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I yeah. think you're good. You I think do we're okay with, with with Peta now. Um, <laughs> and then just a couple questions from us. So, where was the cool? Where is the coolest place that you've competed so far? And I guess why? And then is there like a bucket list place for you? That like I, I want to save up and go do this somewhere overseas or wherever wherever I don't know. The coolest place I've gone to was Lake Placid, the Ironman Lake Placid. Oh, that's cool. Um, would not recommend that for your first Ironman because it is all pretty much uphill, and it is cold. It was thirty four, thirty six degrees when we started. And the water temperature, I'm assuming, is. A good bit less than that, or just you know, cold? <laughs> cold? You, just, you know, you just don't ask at that point. You just, just go. <laughs> talk about you know, kind of giving giving your nuggets a little something there. That's uh, a that's a wake up call right there. Yeah. yeah. No thing. There were, listen to this. There are people that have drove that drove in all or flew all over the world to do this race. As soon as they put their foot in that water, right off the back, like eight or nine people were like, yeah. I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously? Serious. Oh, my gosh. That's like so, getting all the way, getting all the way up. Definitely wetsuit legal. Getting all the way up on the plane to do like parachuting or something and be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm yeah, good. Me. I'm going to get I'm good on that front. Dude, I mean, right. the amount of money that you invest to do that was kind of like what you were talking about. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. and then just nope, 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 not doing it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the, the second path, is there anywhere you definitely want to go? Definitely want to um, do a... Yeah, man. Um, so there's two. Um, one is with triathlon. One is outside of triathlon. So obviously for triathlon, Ironman Kona, uh, that's where usually the world champions are. Is that Hawaii? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Daniel Erickson also wrote in about that one. He said, have you done the Ironman in Hawaii? If so, how was it? So here you go. Uh, I have list. not, and it was to be determined. TBD. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go there for triathlons. And outside of that, I do a little ultra. Well, I was going to say ultra running, but I am a part of an ultra running group also and would like to focus more on ultra running once I'm done with my triathlon hobby. But there's a race called the Revenant in New Zealand. It's a, uh, I believe it's a 200 mile race and a, uh, what a Navy SEAL who I met once uh, went out and did that race, and I believe he did not finish. 
So I was like, Roger that. I'm going to go out there and do it. Oh, so now you now you want to show up the Navy. So now it's coming back. Our offline conversation starting to come back in round now. I see what that was. I see what that was. Subtle dig. You know what time it is. Subtle dig. Man, that is intense. Oh, 200 miles? Wow. Yeah, yeah. No. So no. It's thinking about food, sleep, self-care, because this is like a lot of... A it's lot a on your body, right? I mean, so you're not working out like, I think over quarantine, it was like, what was the Michael Jordan, um, what was the last dance or whatever? And he talked about swapping from baseball to basketball and everything. For this particular competition, you got to be pretty lean, right? You don't want to be too heavy for like, you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of cardio, I'm assuming. You got to be lean for the bike. I mean, what what is what's that training like for you? It's... Or, or do you work out as well, or is it just do you do the activities of the competition? I guess just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, man. Um, so I would highly suggest if you're trying to, if we're talking about survival, if you're trying to make it to the end of a triathlon that's longer than an Olympic, you need a coach. Um, okay. At least starting off, once you you know figure out the groundworks behind the training. I guess it's up to you at that point if you still need them or her, but um, you get a coach and every coach is different. So for example, my coach, Derek, who hopefully is listening to this, um, unless you lack, shout out Derek, must, <laughs> shout Ryan, out be, Derek. Ryan, be careful. Um, Say the right thing. Say the right thing. <laughs> I don't, I still, I'm still not eating any sugar. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I haven't, haven't had a carb, haven't had a carb since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Keep right. going. No, no, seriously. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, no. Uh, so unless you're lacking the muscular strength to do this sport, he says, do not touch weights. And that was very hard for me to get over because I love weights. Yeah. Um, and I, you know what? I trusted the plan and I haven't touched weights since we started, which was last December. And I'm probably in the most physically fit. <laughs> shape of my life but some coaches are like do weights so yeah. just just to give you an idea so anyway see the Van, that's why i don't lift because I'm, I'm you know i'm just i'm trying to train you know that's why i don't lift that's you've been, that's the been prepping for a triathlon i've been thinking been prepping about for a while you've been, been thinking been prepping about for prepping for a triathlon for a good yeah, little while it's, it's the same thing it's the same thing oh my Basically. gosh <laughs> so what about from the diet uh, perspective? Because Kimber Kimberly wrote in wanting and asking a lot about that. You know, your daily diet. You know, how how are you able to follow it? You know, like there's just how much water do you have to consume a day? Like, I, I can't <laughs> imagine because like to me, you have that's it's a lifestyle, right? I mean, kind of what Van it was is. saying. Like, it's a full commitment. Yeah, yeah. So the diet is, um, <clears throat> I technically am plant based. Uh, I have such a healthy relationship with meat, and I just don't want to <laughs> ruin that. Don't hey, don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, something about a a nice slab of steak, man. I just can't get over it. But um, Van's really big I, into the chicken sandwich thing did, right now. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you clearly you told us at the beginning you haven't listened. We did a whole like two hours on uh, fast food last week, so this is a big pivot for us. Whole different audience. You know, so do continue with your plant-based diet. Sorry, sorry, all of you chicken sandwich fans who are listening in now. Our bad. Hey, man. Make <laughs> chicken healthy, sandwiches are my favorite. Make a healthy uh, change for yourself, you know? So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, before we move on, as far as the uh, 
chicken sandwich wars goes, oh. uh, hands Hey-o. down Chick Fil A. No one can touch it. Hands I'm down Chick Fil A. Right. Uh, you're, you're making you're making some really good <laughs> hey. friends and a lot of enemies at the same time. <laughs> it's so de- oh, so it. divisive out the there. So divisive. Um, so plant-based is just, you know, 80% vegetables or fruit and then 20% meat. Um, and you just be as diligent as you can with that. Um, cause inevitably you will lose quite a bit of late, uh, quite a bit of weight from the training. So, you know, you can splurge here and there. You don't have to be like religious about it, but 90% of the time you need to stick to that <laughs> if you want to get to race weight um as far as water goes outside of the water that i chug while i'm swimming <laughs> it's because i suck <laughs> um i try <laughs> you know people terrible. will say drink a gallon of water a day and stuff like that i mean that's fine um i try and drink you know whatever i can get you know man because everything like from training to work, everything's just so fast paced. Sometimes I forget. Um, and I have a nutritionist also, and hopefully she is not listening to this, but she tells me <laughs> to drink X amount of cups of, uh, of water. I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so I'll average maybe half a gallon to a gallon a day, but not all at once. I totally spread it out. Yeah, I, I hate when I see people walk around with those, those milk jugs full of water yeah. yes like the guy at the, the guy at the like, gym so with the whole the whole gallon jug of water gotta love it yeah yeah not necessary <laughs> um but. do you cody b asked do you actually eat or drink anything during the actual competition I mean, you just said 56 miles uh, obviously you gotta hydrate throughout is there like electrolyte packs or something you take or is it like Protein bar. i'm assuming you don't eat but do you i mean i, I don't know for a half ironman distance you you do eat but you eat, um, again, everyone's different, um, but uh, I eat a power bar or just like a cliff bar <clears throat> about uh, two hours in to my bike just to give me that nutrients. Uh, outside of that, I, uh, <laughs> shout out to Hammer, but I take a, uh, a gel from Hammer Nutrition and a, uh, a an electrolyte drink, which has uh, carbs and electrolytes and sugars and all this other stuff. Um, I take that throughout my bike, so when I get to the run, I'm already hydrated and I have all my electrolytes and all the other stuff. And the only thing I really need to worry about is taking my gels and drinking more water. So to so answer you're not your question, like carbo yes, loading you with Alfredo be before that this distance. If you're doing a sprint, <laughs> you don't. You don't need to eat anything. Goodness. That's got to be in, crazy. That's insane, man. Um, yeah. We had some funny questions leading into like the mental, physical toughness concepts. But Josh says, Josh Snyder goes, how do you prevent yourself from throwing up during a triathlon? Have you ever, you ever yacked? Do people yak? Um, people have to. I mean, I'm assuming so. 56 yeah. miles and then running and it's... Look, man... <laughs> If you're throwing up during a triathlon, it's either because you're really nervous or you're just, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but you're just not in shape enough to do this. <laughs> you may need to rethink <laughs> your life choices. But I mean, I guess some people have that gag reflex. Um, like I said earlier, um, you need to figure out how to get over that, man. <laughs> if you throw up, 
Throw up while you're running. <laughs> Throw up while you're biking. Dude. You know, speaking, don't let that stop you. Speaking of things that you do while you're doing those things, these cool. are very practical questions. Uh, just bodily function things. Cody B would like to know, do people normally just pee on themselves while running or biking, or, do, or are they strategic and wait till they swim? Anybody? Listen, that can warm up that water Do for we you. pee as that we go, or like where are we at? Where, where are we at on the um, pee front? <laughs> that's actually a really good question. I have peed on myself. And I'm pretty sure I pooped myself at one point. Um, okay. But if we're talking about strategy. I mean, just so nonchalant. Is this, hold, is this, hold on, hold on, is, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Hi, all right. Um, during which portion of this are, are, do, you, do you poop your pants? Like what? what? <laughs> um, it, was, um, it wasn't during a race, but it was definitely during a training run. Look. Okay, Sometimes nature calls, man. That's, you just gotta crazy. go. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're in like a I'm imagining like a full like a onesie thing, or is it a top and bottom? Yes. So you're not. Yeah, there's I'm no the taking it off, shorts, man. Yeah. I'm letting it all hang out. Gotcha. <laughs> just like my poop. <laughs> Good lord. But but our I mean, so you said swimming. God, I can't. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna have to let yeah, this one marinate. We're gonna let this marinate for a second, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's I did not expect that. I did hey, not expect that answer. I didn't even think oh, about the question, but now that we're talking about the distances and the lengths of time I mean, and the it intensity, makes it makes sense. Like when when I when we played sports growing up, a game is like two hours, three hours at most. I mean, outside of baseball, where you're eating Oreos and brownies in the dugout, you know, <laughs> you you honestly like your brought like that part of your body shuts down for two hours, easy. Like just go play a soccer game, but usually like it's just so out of your mind because you're focused. This a whole other thing. So, and you said swimming comes first. So if you got to pee, like once you're out of the, well, the water, you're you're just going. Just go, man. There's a strategy go, to man. it when you're when you're peeing. So I don't know if you're gonna edit this part out or not, but this is pretty important. When it's wetsuit legal, okay. <laughs> when it's wetsuit legal and it is cold, what you do is called burping. What that is, is you take the upper part, kind of like the collar of your wetsuit, you pull it open, let that water soak in there because your body's gonna heat up that water. Guess what else heats up water? There you go. Okay, hey, <laughs> all right. So all you right. get that water in there, you release some fluids, and guess what? You're hot. Everyone else is cold because they wanna hold it in. <laughs> and you're good to go. Wow. So there you go. Inside track, inside strategies on peeing on yourself. That's fantastic, man. That's so... Yeah, man. I guarantee you that's something you did not think you were going to like say, walking out of this. Dude, this say is, you pee on oh, yourself. All right, dude, I got we, you. We haven't even gotten to recon school yet. I thought, I thought you were just... I thought, I thought, honestly thought you were just going to say, oh, no, 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 you just pull over the side real fast. Nope. Nope, not that at all. Nope. Here we go. We're just no, going, man. man. I mean, you can, but... You could also just it's valuable pee on time. Your leg. I mean, we're all adults here, right? <laughs> I guess so. That's okay, awesome. where That's do so we funny. where do we even go from here? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Listen, the very next one we had on here is uh, a, a write in from Josh and his friend uh, from Australia. Eb uh, Eb Eb. Am I saying that right? From Australia, I yeah. Eb. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, when it comes to any athletic or physical pursuit, how do you kind of pursue your goals? What is your mental strategy there? Uh, really good question. So the first question I would ask is, is this tangible? 
Like, let's be realistic. Can I actually do this? If it is something I can do, I also then have to ask myself, am I going to, you know, go all in for this? Or can basically, we stop there? Hold on. Yeah, I got to stop you mean? there because the very first, <laughs> can I do this? No. Yeah. The answer is no or you're insane. I'm thinking. Like, there's no pragmatism to this. You are, you are insane. As like, soon yeah, as you, just, I'll, I'll, no. As soon as you said it, I'm thinking New Zealand 200 mile run. And he's like, he's like, okay, question one, clear. Yeah, I got that. What's fine. What next, next question? I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> okay. All right. So can I do this? Is it possible? Yeah. So we're out, Van. We're out. We're, yeah. we're already out. We're already out of this. Keep, keep going. Well, here's the thing. Other people have done it before. So that checks off the box. Is it possible? Yeah. What does it mean to me? What am I getting out of this? Am I doing it just for my own personal kudos? Am I trying to impress people? Am I trying to put it on my resume? And then um, knowing the risk, I guess. Like, okay. This is going to take a lot of training, a lot of sacrifice, no more going out, no more this. How much is it worth to do it? And can I put up with a lot of that stuff? So once, I've, once I identified all those things and I'm willing to cope with all those things, then you have to go all in. So just like this sport um, with half Ironmans, it is a lot of dedication a lot of time management and a lot of harmonizing. Uh, one thing that um, I'm a part of a triathlon team, but uh, the head coach for that team mentions harmonizing a lot. This uh, is, um, I guess, trying to manage, I guess, because people will try and manage their time and do one thing at a time and try and stack things where you can harmonize and make the things you do a part of other things like say for a relationship instead of just going out and doing training and leaving your fiance at home why not make it a hey let's go to the beach soak up some sun i'll go get a swim in but we'll have fun afterwards you know what i mean yes uh harmonizing all that stuff i mean there's there's ways of getting around some of the the uh sacrifices that you have to make towards achieving a goal um you just have to really, if you have a partner, talk with your partner, set the expectation, and visualize yourself doing it too. Because there's going to be days also where you're going to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and be like, why am I doing this? <laughs> What's that, the point? That was my question. Between your second question of is it worth it, once you've decided you can do it at the beginning, how do you tie that in with, because the, I would assume, like most things, the training is the hard part. Once you get to race day, it's like on, you know, yeah. but yeah, those every single day, that 4 a.m. wake up like that, that mental toughness piece, it's not, it's not one moment of mental toughness, right? It's got to be yeah. a consistent thing. I mean, how, how long would you train for a race? That's actually probably a probably good question, I guess. Like how long would that time span be between I'm going to do this, I've decided to do it, let's train, and then the race. How long is that usually? You want to, to be comfortable, you want to give yourself about a good eight, nine months. Goodness, that's a lot yeah. longer than I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was thought like, you I were going to do this in two weeks. That's what I, well, I was going to think it. like a month, two months, <laughs> eight to nine months for a race. Wow. Yes, for for me, 
No, if you want to just survive it. Yeah. For, okay. Yeah. I'd, for you, that's all right. Listen, that's that's for you who's time. already in shape, already ready to go. We're talking about me and Van here who have you know dad bods. Okay. Like we, we Van, we got to start eight nine Look, years. Clint, out by the time we're, we're forty, for by the time we're forty, we'll be ready. <laughs> right, we got it. We got it. We got it. We'll ten, join you when we're hey, forty, man. Ten year anniversary of talking BS. You and I are going to go do a triathlon race. <laughs> I'm already throwing up. I'm not ready. I'm, oh, you know what? All right. I won't lift for the next 10 years in preparation okay. for this because he, that's, that's what he said. So, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, just a disclaimer for anyone listening. I am not a certified coach. This is all my personal opinion. But here's why you want to give yourself that amount of time. You, could, you know, Van or Corey, you can go out and do a triathlon and probably do well. But when you get done and your body's not used to it, it's the aftermath of that that you have to consider also. A lot of times people will go out on a whim, do a race, do okay or survive, and then snap, crackle, pop, there goes your back, there goes your Achilles tendon, there goes your whatever, because it's not used to it. Or it could happen during the race. That's you know, a real- you're, you're cruising, you're in first place, and then all of a sudden you're, I don't know, your foot breaks, oh. <laughs> your leg snaps. And, you know, now you're out for <laughs> maybe a, a year or two, you know, maybe longer. So that's, that's why you want to I mean, give that's... yourself that nine months for your body to adjust yeah. uh, and not, you know, re- greatly reduce the amount of uh, risk of energy, uh, injury. So we should stretch. Is that what you're saying? We should stretch. Yeah. Before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hashtag I have yoga. never stretched once in my life before any sporting event ever. <laughs> Like legitimately, like I did the fake stretching, like for basketball. Oh, yeah. You know, for everybody's sure. like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm stretching." I'm, 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 come on, I just, uh, I've never done it. Not good. Now I know that I will die if I try this. This is, I will die. That's yeah. that's what I just get out of this. <laughs> that's um, what I just get out of this. Let's let's revisit a topic that you you brought up earlier. Um, you talked about being a black minority triathlete, and uh, yeah. that was something that I didn't really think about in this in this space. Obviously, our world is our world and our culture is changing around us. Um, it's very much at the forefront of a lot of conversations, but could you, you want to talk us through what, what you kind of meant by that? Are there any obstacles that you've encountered or what's your experience been, uh, kind of along the way? Oh man, that is a, uh, that is a great question. Um, and I'm going to try not to go off on a tangent here. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> free. I do it all the time. this is your, far, this is your, your yeah. platform, man. <laughs> okay. So I, uh, I'm not really a numbers guy, but there's a very, very, very small percentage of African-American triathletes, even smaller or pro triathletes that are African-American. There's only, I think, two, if I remember correctly. If, there's, if anyone listening knows more, please enlighten me, let me know. But um, there's only two that I know of that have their pro card and are black. Me, I want to maybe be the third, maybe even fourth <laughs> pro uh, that's out there. Yeah, it's just like one of those things, man. You go out and do something and you're the only one out there. There's that sense of, like, I don't know if it's pride or what, but you have that, like, that feeling like, okay, I'm the only one out here. I'm going to destroy everyone and show them what's up but equally at the same time there's that bit of that sense of loneliness that's like okay why am i the only one out here 
And to expand on that a little bit more, when you see someone else who's African-American, there's that automatic connection you get between the two of you. Between the two of you, there's that competitive side, like, okay, I have some competition now. <laughs> but there's also that, like, that respect that's like, dude, I know. <laughs> like, I know we're the only ones out here. We got to look out for each other. You, you, so, you asked the question, but what do you, why, why do you think that is? Honestly, man, I think it's because of the swim. The swim gets a lot of people, and, you know, financially, too, when looking at paying for bikes and stuff, too, I mean, it's tough, man. But the major stopping point is it has to be the swim. Not a, you know, unfortunately, black people just, uh, as a whole, struggle with swimming. And I would like to change that soon. I would love to be a coach uh, within the next, you know, however many years and, you know, get more exposure out there for African-American communities and help train those who don't know how to swim to swim. Uh, how, however I can do that, you know. But yeah, that it, it's a big obstacle. For me, I, I know growing up for me, I was terrified of swimming. I thought I was going to drown, die, whatever. And, you know, I, I broke out of my shell, but a lot of my friends didn't. And it goes back to way back when, you know, slavery and all that stuff. We Black people weren't allowed to swim or didn't have access to swim. And, uh, you know, once we were free, we still just did not want to touch that water. <laughs> Because it was, you know, if if someone's child goes out swimming and drown or is drowning, that means the parent has to go out there. And the, if the parent doesn't know how to swim, then they're screwed. So to prevent that, you know, kids, you're not going out swimming. <laughs> so I don't have to get in there. And it just kind of trickles from there, you know. But uh, I think I answered the question right. Yeah, um, yeah you, you know, I think you that was, that was you called it an obstacle, but I think it's also an opportunity as well. I mean, I, oh, I'm, I'm reading between the lines there, but I mean, you're you know, it's definitely an opportunity for you. We we have a common saying on here, and it's going to be punny in this situation. But yeah. we have this saying that Corey came up with, which is every wave begins with a ripple. It's the whole idea of in order to make positive change in the world, someone's got to do something small. So I think you, again, I, I could tell how excited you were to come on here and do this. I mean, just by you, maybe this reaches two people and then five years down the line, you're training people left and right. And you know what I'm saying? So I definitely think there's a big opportunity there as well. And I can already kind of feel off you that uh, I think you're going to take that up and run with it and swim with yeah, it, man. swim with it and bike with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? To, um, to add to that too, I look at the swimming leg of this as... I look at that more competitively, competitively than the bike and the, uh, the run because it, it is, you know, whether you're black or not, it's still hard. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I beyond, train, beyond race, this sounds yeah. like incredibly, incredibly intense. <laughs> like, yeah. For anyone. <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, that is the only workout or the only discipline within that that I train for that I will literally go all out and be passionate for and constantly desire to do better. Like if I run and I don't go fast enough or 
so I have a sluggish run or something like that. It's like, yeah, it is what it is. I, I know I can run. Or if I bike, you know, it's like, you know, I don't have a great bike or I just wasn't feeling it today. When I swim, you better get the hell out the way. <laughs> I'm getting after it. Because I'm going for blood. <laughs> and I used, I used my body for swimming as a way to pay respect to my ancestors and to fully absorb the privilege that was handed to me from them to be the best I can be at swimming and to, I guess, make my parents proud, my grandparents proud, because they're not great swimmers. So I'm going to be the absolute best I can at something that they never had the chance or the, uh, the resources that I have nowadays to do, you know? That, that's um, profound. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Can I ask you from a different point of view, you know, you talked about kind of how you perceive it, right? How do you feel like the sport and, and other athletes perceive you when you are, you know, the only guy walking up? Dude, I, uh, I'm used to it, man. Um, throughout my military career, I've always been the token. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is no different. Yeah. Uh, I personally feel like, you know, the triathlon community is such a welcoming, friendly and open community. I would actually be slightly shocked if people felt some some type of way of me being there. Um, But I do, you know, I do stand out. And I think sometimes people kind of chalk up how I am going to do, which is kind of good because it lets their guard down. (laughs) And then I'll smoke them on the run or something. Uh, And I don't know if that's 100% true. I can't read people's minds. But, you know, when talking to people about the swim or whatever, um, you know, you can tell kind of by their tone that, okay, I'm not I'm obviously not going to be the first one out, but just wait. (laughs) I might not be first, but I'll be past you. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Um, I like it. But anyway. Um, not to speak harshly about the sport or anything like that. Like I said, it's such a great community to be a part of. Um, it, it's, it's diverse in different ways. And um, they welcome any type of race, color, ethnicity, religious beliefs, whatever. We're just out to have fun and survive. <laughs> you know? yeah. We the, all share a beer the, at the be end. Be the best. Hey, you had to get it in. You had to get it in. Uh, sorry, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> you know, I think that that's like, and I'm sure this, you can relate to this from the military as well, but that's one of the things that I've talked about before too with, you know, some of the guys that I served with, you know, and we're still pretty close to this day. And it's honestly, it's not necessarily because we have so much in common. You know, we think the same things. It's because we literally went through hell together and, and came out the other side. So it sounds like the community that if you can survive with it, I don't care race, color, creed, you know, whatever, like, you know, you survived with me, man. Like, Hey, we've been through some stuff. Like, I I know you got my back. I got yours. Like that just, that sense of community is really cool to hear about. It's just very cool to hear about. Yeah, for real. All right. Um, couple closing questions, I guess we're coming up on it. Um, so what advice would you give someone new to triathlons getting into it? We've kind of had tidbits here and there, but um, somebody brand new, not Corey or I, because it won't be us, but uh, let's say there's somebody else out there we got that's, 10 years. <laughs> that's going to try it. What's the first bits of advice you'd give them? Oh, man. Um, trust the plan. 
trust the plan 100%. Whether you have a coach or not, if you do have a coach, just make sure it's the right coach. And then once he or she starts giving you your marching orders, you got to follow through. You also need to understand long-term gratification because results are not going to come quickly. So you have to be patient. Give it some time. It's a nine-month training plan for a reason. Um, and also learn to, I guess it kind of falls into the patience thing, but be patient also when getting your gear. You don't always have to have the newest, latest, and greatest thing right then and there. Train with what you got, and then eventually the stuff will come, especially if you grow more serious about it, you know. Um, so don't blow all your money on one thing thinking you're going to be hot stuff because um, you have to learn and master the fundamentals before you get to the fancy stuff or do the fancy things, you know. So those would be the first couple of things I'd say. But everything else will follow suit as far as, like, nutrition and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I would start them off with that. No, that's awesome. I, I think that's great advice. Um, you know, is there uh, – so, Van, we got some work to do. But is there uh, – Yes, we do. Um, it's okay. You, know, you, talked about, you talked about a couple of different things, <laughs> you know, kind of throughout, you know, the, uh, the last hour and a half, two hours or so. But what, you know, ultimately, you know, what is it – you know, I think you talked about this, right, your second point of, you know, can I do it and then why do I do it? What am I going to – what am I going to get out of this? So what is, what is your ultimate get? You know, what is the ultimate, you know, feeling? What is the ultimate ecstasy? What is that ultimate motivator that you really do approach these things with? This is going to be a really long answer. <laughs> um, Go for it. No time limit. Nope. So, all right. Why I do it is because I guess I'm just, I'm not satisfied. And to expand on that, um, I don't know if this is going to be an upcoming question or not, but I wanted to touch on recon school a little bit. I've been training almost my entire adult life to go to either sniper school or recon school. I made it to snipers and didn't have the opportunity and decided to try out for recon just so I can, you know, get somewhere. And I... I went twice. The first time I got there, I made it, gosh, it was three or four weeks. Um, I made it to kind of the closing stages of um, the pre-phase and got, uh, let's see, I had a double ear infection. I had a sinus infection, bronchitis, and I was coming off a of fever. Yikes. That was COVID. Um, you had the first and COVID. we were treading water with bricks <laughs> over our heads, and I drowned and got pulled out, and it was not fun. And, you know, at recon school, it's a, do you wish to continue or do you not? And I was trying to get back in, and I got back in and was starting to suck in more water and got medically dropped, which isn't the end of the world, but when going through four weeks of torture, it's like, ugh. This sucks. So, uh, quite a few months went by, and I had a second chance to go back. You know, the it, it's four technically four phases. You have your pre-phase, which is um, 
basically aquatics confidence. So that's, you know, if you've seen Surviving the Cud or see all the videos about re recon school, you see yeah. them with bricks over their head, treading water. Yeah. That's that phase. It, um, it sucks <laughs> a lot. And then there's first phase, which is, well, they switch it up um, every cycle. So the phases will change. But basically, you will have a phase that's land nav. You'll have um, patrol phase and you'll have amphib phase. So during my cycle, the first phase was land nav, which was absolutely brutal. You got to find points. Um, Corey, I don't know if you did land nav in the Navy, but if you did, I'm sure you know how <laughs> crazy it can yeah, be. Yeah, I went to, uh, you know, you're just talking some of that. I, know, I won't go into it all, but I did end up going through a diver school to qualify as a diver, and they did drown us. Uh, so oh. I, I have felt that misery, um, and it is definitely not fun. So, I, yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Got it, got it. Um, for land nav, you know, during the day and during the night, you're just finding points and you're running. You're running, running, running. And I think over a certain time span, we covered like 200 miles or something like that. Someone did the math and <laughs> added it up. But we, uh, my, the skin on my feet was pretty much peeling off. And I had, uh, I think I had like a broken toe. I don't know. It, it was black and swollen <laughs> and it hurt. Um, <laughs> And then um, we made it to patrol phase. And um, to be quite honest, guys, I have only told this story to a handful of people. So this is really special. Um, so we made it to patrol phase. And uh, it's basically nonstop, just writing out op orders, doing, um, you know, like a pre-mission uh, uh, meeting, I guess you could say, with the instructors and your uh, your team, explaining the mission, getting graded on it, getting yelled at if it's not right, stuff like that. It's all day, no breaks. And then at night, you get inserted out to your, uh, your mission and you got to conduct your mission and then you make it back. You get like maybe 30 minutes of you know, just taking gear out the truck and then it's rinse and repeat over and over and over. So we made it to, I believe it was our second graded um, patrol. And we do uh, basically SOP checks, which is, um, I believe that's the term. Um, I'm pretty sure someone's gonna correct me, but it's basically, uh, where you dump your gear and they're looking for contraband. So anything that isn't supposed to be out there, they confiscate it and they decide what to do with you from there. So me being, I think I was 28 at the time, me basically being an old man in the military, um, I carried around and used fish oil uh, just because I like to keep my joints lubricated. Um, I put it in my ruck. And so they're like, all right, SLP check. We're about to push out. They dump all my stuff and uh, they find the fish oil. And they say, Bess, what is this? I'm like, well, it's, it's fish oil. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I've been taking it this whole time. They're like, you what? I was like, I've been taking it. What is their problem? And they're like, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to have this. I was like, well, we're not supposed to have coffee either, but the guy over there has coffee in his rug, so what's, what's going on? <laughs> so anyway, um, 
I get yelled at and they do what's called a performance review board. And uh, they took me to the office. They explained to me what I did wrong and I had to basically plead my case. Um, I guess it didn't go well because towards the end they said, hey, you're getting dropped, you're going home. We had three, I believe it was about three weeks left until we graduated. Out of four months. Damn. Pure hell. Oh. Um, and guys, I'm not going to lie. I was devastated. Um, I was probably in the darkest moments of my life. I wasn't, you know, not to speak on it lightly, but I wasn't suicidal or anything. But I just, I couldn't think. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I couldn't really do basic functional things you know it hurt you know because i was (laughs) you know van i've been talking about stuff like this since you known me yeah this was my life yeah and my life was within seconds just destroyed and when they told me that you know (laughs) i was a grown-ass man just in tears i was crying and i fell to my knees (laughs) Um, and it's hard not to get emotional even talking about it, but I, you know, it hurt, man. So anyway, I make it home, 120 pounds, like a toothpick, hell of a runner, great swimmer, (laughs) nothing to show for it. And I'm like, okay, uh, after a week and a half of just beating myself up and like, what do I do? And I guess finding like getting my compass realigned, I guess I was like, well, I did do a triathlon (laughs) that one time and I came second place in my age group. So, you know, maybe I can pick it back up. So I did. And, um, you know, after doing the, um, the most recent race after I got back, I thought about it and was like, this is kind of similar to what I've been doing. You swim, you get thrashed, the training sucks, it's long, it hurts, I love it, (laughs) you know? Um, So obviously it was like a no-brainer that I should kind of pick this up, but I guess the all-encompassing thing when we talk about like the reason why and me never being satisfied, my... There was a question I was trying to answer deep within myself while going through recon school, and it was, can I do this? Because I'd I'd heard all the horror stories, I've lived some of it, but I never went to a schoolhouse that was quite like this. And I was so close to getting that question answered, and I will never ever have that question answered ever again in my life and with triathlons I feel like that is my way of trying to figure out how far I can go and how far I can push myself until I tap out and it's at this weird point to where I know I will never quit I will never (laughs) I will never back down from a challenge but let's see yeah. Let's see if I can do that 200 mile race and still, awesome. you know, even if I don't 
make first. Let's see if I can just make it. Survive, um, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, man, that, that that's was... why I do it, man. I'm, there's this constant <laughs> hunger. There's this flame inside me that I can't put out. And I don't think I ever can, <laughs> you know? It's a lot so. like, I mean, that, that, first of all, thank you for sharing. That was yeah, an that incredible was awesome. story. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Th- there's, nothing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more powerful than someone telling you can't do something, you know, in my opinion. Right. I, I, a lot of, a lot of my greatest successes or a, a lot of my drive has come from failure, you know? And uh, I'm not saying that that was failure, but, you know, not being able to do something motivates you to, to go do something else or, or work that much harder. But wow, what a, what a story, man. Um, yeah, man. it's definitely, uh, it's definitely nice. Not nice. Sorry. Let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely interesting to, to see where your motivations come from, I guess is the yeah. important thing. Um, when we're sitting here, like how in the hell could you do 200 miles or how could you do 56 on a bike? I mean, that's it. That's how, Dude, you yeah. know, that's, you define that's what's how, possible. That's exactly how. You define I, you define what's possible. I love that. That is yeah, great. Man. Oh shoot, I can't curse. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, if people if it's been done before, you can do it. And even if it hasn't been done, you can do it. It's all about how far you're willing to push yourself. If you're not willing to die for what you're doing, then you don't do it. So real real quick. Quick, quick answer. How many have you actually done? How many tri- triathlons have you actually competed in? Like six or seven. And you've been on this Not journey much. for how many years? Oh, this will be my first serious year, but I've been training for like two-ish years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so where, where, does it, where does it end, though? You said you'll never be satisfied. So are you going to be like 90 years old out there, oldest triathlon competitor? Is that, you know, what, what, where do you see, fast forward 20, 20 years or 15, where do you see yourself on the triathlon front? On the triathlon side of things, I will be that six-year-old sunburnt old dude <laughs> that's still... I love it slaying bodies man you're hey you'll be that guy <laughs> hey you'll be that guy you'll be the old guy that flew by you on the bike that one day that'll right. be you yep. that'll be you making it look <laughs> <Yep>. easy <laughs> and then i'm gonna shit myself on the bike too just because <laughs> well, hey, listen you you know being that old you're hitting diapers anyway you'll be all right man it'll be good then it'll be good that is awesome oh man that's phenomenal that's yeah, phenomenal yeah. Well, brian man thank you so incredibly yeah. much for all like that was that was amazing thank you thank you thank you thank you i can't thank you you enough that was uh thank you for sharing uh i was looking forward to this conversation for quite some time now and when we started texting a couple weeks back but uh that uh definitely exceeded my expectations for sure do you have any closing questions for us or thoughts or uh more importantly plugs yeah any plugs you know any you know you want to shout anybody out or any organizations or anything or anything I'll, well, okay. Well, you got to th- thank your uh, mom for the bike. You got to thank your mom for the bike. I'm just going to th- you got to do that. <laughs> Shout out, mom. Yeah. Th- uh, thank you, mom, if you are listening. Um, the best mom. Thank you so much. Hey, see, I got you, man. I got path. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to thank my dad also. He's one of my number one supporters in this. Um, I, I have to give a shout out to my triathlon team, um, uh, Team Latitude. 
uh, excellent group. Uh, great if you're looking for a coach or just want to be a part of a team just because and want people to talk to. Uh, quick shout out to my coach, Derek, um, who hopefully is listening. <laughs> and yeah, shout out to you guys, man. You guys are doing your thing. <laughs> very, uh, very proud to see uh, where, where you've um, developed and progressed to van and you know doing your lawyer thing uh <laughs> it's freaking awesome man six dollars no comment <laughs> we're proud of him appreciate we're it. proud of appreciate him. it thank you this is not about me this is about you <laughs> yeah. um yeah with all that being said any closing thoughts from anybody else Corey? yeah i guess you know that's my normal end of the thing rant good, whatever but you good know, luck closing from, after that i Golly. know dude that story that's that that was incredible i mean that was that was incredible but i think one of the things that we saw a theme here uh is definitely to persevere and to continue to push through and something that came up in my head was uh, a quote by walter elliott just said perseverance is not a long race it is many short races one after another and i think looking at your life story looking at how you approach triathlon looking at everything that we have talked about for these past couple hours that couldn't ring more true so make up your mind and go do it and and there's nothing you you define what your limits are right uh, i think that's probably the one of the greatest things I've, I've heard coming out of these pods so greatly appreciate it and you know go make that definition for yourself <laughs> <laughs>